Yeah. Ooh, the Diaz brothers were loose this weekend, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves it's uh, harder to get banned from the World Series of Fighting from outside the cage, but not impossible. <laughs> Guys, if you listen to the show, you know there is nothing greater to me than prodding Kevin when he has the giggles because he is lost now. I don't know that we can get him back. He's laughing for those of you who don't know. And they got the World Series of Fighting. The Diaz brothers have been banned from the World Series of Fighting. Kevin, why are they banned? Because uh, they got in a fight with Khabib. Okay, okay. They yep, got... uh-huh. Yep, and why is that so funny to you, Kevin? Because they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to fight, and here they are doing it at a fight event that they were, A, not fighting at, mm-hmm. and B, not getting paid to be at. That's amazing. Okay, I me. hear your point, but I'm going to retire it with 209. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me, right? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Okay, so these two brothers get into such an oh altercation God. with Khabib. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it comes to blows. That's good stuff. Crone was also in the mix. I believe uh, everybody kind of was throwing punches and kicks. And then I come to find that I think it was Nick Diaz's birthday over the weekend. So, I mean, uh, great way to celebrate. Am I right? Yeah. A lot of edibles and a little brawl. Some people hit a pinata. The Diaz brothers just hit other fighters. No don't big forget about the edibles. You don't know what yes. they were on. There might have been I don't know. acid cool tablets. Question. Hey, everybody likes to party. You know, Kev, you really ruined what I had in mind here. I don't know if you know this. You can't see this because you're all the way over there. But in my hand, I had a quarter that I was going to flip because we were going to start with the World Series of Fighting. And I said, I don't know which story is better to start with, the Diaz brothers or Mr. Paul Harris. Oh, yeah. Flip your coin. Let's give the Diaz brothers tails. No, and Paul no. Hart, let's just see what fate would have said. What more is there to say about the Diaz brothers, Kevin? Nothing. You're absolutely right. There is exactly. zero no more to say that they got so banned from the World Series of Fighting because they got into because a fight. Someone got the giggle fits before we were starting on <laughs> I, the podcast. I didn't know they got banned. That part was brand new information. I apologize. We put that on the site. How did you not see that? Oh, that's good stuff. I knew they had gotten in trouble. Just banned was a particular. Okay, so Paul Harris does it again. Now, you might be able to speak more to the eye gouging. I can't. I only saw a little bit of the the actual fight. But here's what I know. He put in, again, what was one sick Kumura. And I say that in, like, the way of, like, wow, way to throw in that submission. But he held it long. He did. That's not me speculating an opinion. I'm saying... Jake Shields taps clear as day. It's not It's not even a confusing tap. It's right on camera. The referee jumps in. He's still holding the submission until the referee is on him for about three seconds. That's too long. Yes. Where what do we do? Question? What do we do from here? Well, okay. Let's, I guess, start by talking about precursor to all that. Okay, so the fight begins. Uh, Jake Shields is implementing some wrestling. He's taking him down a little bit, actually putting a nice wrench into Paul Harris's usual game, which is a little odd to see. Uh, I wouldn't say he's killing him or anything, but, I mean, he's using his wrestling very well. Along the way, uh, Paul Harris is doing that thing when you're kind of losing 
and you're kind of like, man, I really don't like losing, so I'm just going to eye poke you. So yeah. I I've done that. that before in jujitsu. That's how I took care of John Evans last match. I was like, fuck. You didn't I poke. take care of him. There's no, 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 I didn't. no record. But I thought about it. Maybe but don't worry, you're helped. not the only one. Anytime I roll with John, I'm definitely like, I'm, I, I gouge this motherfucker. I can really make something of it. So anyway, um, it was bad. I don't know what else to say other than it looked really suspect to the point where I think it was Steve Mazzagatti. Let's just say that. Yeah. Mazzagatti's even telling him, he's like, hey, Polaris, you got to cut that out, man. You you with that eye poking thing? Mm-mm, no, you quit it. It's bad. It's a problem. Yes. And frankly, yes. it's not AMA compliant. Yes. So it took a little while and he was still bitching about it. And finally, he gives him a final warning. And I think this is somewhere in the second round to the point where Paul Harris goes to his corner. And we find out during the commercial break that he was told by his corner, hey, here's our advice for the next round. Stop eye poking him. That's his own corner telling him, here's the strategy on how to win. Don't eye poke him. And I do like now. I do like that they were like, hey, maybe it's time we commented on this. They were like, we just don't want to leave it murky. <laughs> we want yes. to be officially on the record saying, hey, what about the eyeball game? Because who knows? Maybe that record may need to come back for some strange reason at the end of all of this whole ordeal. Oh, wait, it does. Because throughout the second round, I will say Jake Shields really did fend off. A heel hook attempt, which, as we all know, is the submission of choice. So that's why when I told people, yeah, he lost, uh, Jake Shields lost via Kimura, they go, what? It wasn't a heel hook? I go, actually, Shields did a good job getting out of one of them. And part of that was due to wrestling, and part of that was just right place, right time getting out of it. Yeah, and he's also been doing it for 97 years in various capacities, so a very skilled escapist. Sure. But we've seen a lot of people succumb. Yeah, Paul Harris is no slouch. I'm sure Sweat had a little bit to do with it, and you know that's the nice part about Nagi. Yeah. yeah. So by the third round, I think you see kind of the I, – I, for what I thought was the effects of Jake Shields doing the wrestling and starting to feel it a little bit more. But what he said after the fight was that he got a little blinded just being poked so long. I don't know how much that's true, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because photo show – he looked like he got marked up, like scratches around. I'll tell you this, Raph. How many mm-hmm. eye pokes do you think it would take you? Because I and I'll give you a second to answer while I answer. Sure. Four before I was completely done. Maybe, maybe four. Uh, Max four. I don't know. I think after the one, I'd be like, "He's poking me." Oh, you you you'd immediately be like, "I can sense it." Well, I'd like to think of what the version of me fighting would yeah. be right now. It's a very so, concluded individual. You know, I'd need to make sure that I take any advantage I could get. So, yeah, I would definitely, I'd be like a soccer player. Like, eh, So anyway. And by that, um, he means great at sprinting, but a pretty good actor. That's, I don't know what you're talking about. But I think the idea is here, you know, he gets that great sweep with a Kimura. He finishes it. So Polaris does it. So this is where things get a little murky. He starts cranking it a little bit more after Shields is tapping. Now, maybe that's in part to the fact that in response to Polaris doing it 9,000 times previously, that Jake Shields said something to the effect of, when I get that leg, I'm going to rip it off. So, yeah, maybe he really didn't like it and he wanted to 
kind of make him suffer a little bit. But here's the part that really pisses me off. Polaris goes for the submission, shields taps, and they always, you know, his big defense has always been, well, the ref didn't touch me. Mazagati put hands on him fast. So fucking fast because he knew he's like oh this is the guy that doesn't do that okay of course he uh, knew of course they knew they were like hey we need to get on this guy they know they're not yep. stupid so they get right on top of him and even then it still doesn't click in so kev fool me once shame on me fool me twice what the fuck is wrong with this guy jake Question shields hit him you. in the face like have you ever seen well, Jake Shields? We've seen Jake Shields fight as many times as we've seen anyone else in the cage. He's never done that. The thing that really infuriated me, Kevin. The disrespect for the mats. <laughs> Always. That's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> I, I did see the uh, hashtag go up, respect the tap, which brought me back to one of our episodes. And I started thinking, Kev, didn't we do this? Didn't we call up John Evans for this very thing? Yeah. Yeah. A year and a half ago. It's hey, we're having a real true detective season one. It's just cyclical, baby. I just want to say that time's a flat circle. Hey, uh, I, I mean don't know that it's happening more than I can feel it. Well your your Makane is still still a little scratchy, man. Just, you gotta you gotta come down a little bit. Day's a little Wow. I thought you would pick up a it's little bit more watching it. Yet. I know. Wow. You just sound like you took too much NyQuil. He <laughs> doesn't move his jaw at the end. <laughs> it's a little better. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, like, I got to stay focused on the laziness. We have this problem, though, in which we now have seen it happen several times. But the thing that absolutely pissed me off way too much, which is in the post-fight interview, Kev, they didn't remotely ask Paul Harris about the held tap. They never do. the question, what the fuck? I, What's the point of doing a post-fight if somebody who did something controversial literally just is asked, how does this win make you feel? Well, I don't give a fuck if the win makes him feel good. I want him to talk about it. It's not rude or impolite to ask the guy. Hey, hey do you feel like you held that Kimura long? Because I know about jujitsu and it felt like you held it long. You might have held that a little longer than usual. Did you? Or how do you respond to that? Do you and then feel let them like say their reason? Yeah. I, I agree. I want to know more, and I'm. it pisses me off every time because I still feel like, yeah, I know he has a history of it, so I think he should be more cognizant of it. It's fucking pissing me off. Anyway, so that was the shit show that was World Series of Fighting 22. I don't think you'll know anything else about the event other than those two things. The Diaz brothers go on a fucking rampage. Yeah. And <laughs> Paul Harris is a dick. So. Paul Harris may be a dick. Maybe. Who, nah, maybe we should investigate if we should take away his title. Or stop maybe letting we'll him do fight. that. Now, here's the problem. He got so many hits. Again, like... World Series of Fighting gets the bump they were looking for by putting him on the fight. Mm-hmm. So. But, I mean, that's a great thing. Anybody can get that short-term buzz. But is it a long-term problem if they just let it go on? Follow-up question. What do you think about the – I think it's the Athletic Commission also investigating whether Jake Shields' hit was warranted. Uh, for sure it wasn't. Like for sure not a part of the game as much as anything isn't a part of the game. But let me ask you this. This is the part that really upsets me, which is if uh, history is any precedent, 
the several other times that Paul Harris has held on too long. And there are some people we were talking about this off air that just said, I don't think he holds it too long. He motherfucking holds it way too long. He just does. You have to respect the tap. It is something within jiu-jitsu that we all agree to. And MMA Especially, grappling, all of that shit. You gotta exactly, you gotta, and you gotta respect the tap. So, and everyone's always like, the fight's not over till the referee says it's over. It's like, when does that ever happen? Like, when are the cameras facing that it ever happens in MMA? Sure, maybe occasionally at your regional jiu-jitsu tournament where some purple belt is refereeing you. Never does it happen on the main stage of the octagon. I'm just saying. I hate the fucking the counter to that. Like, sometimes. Like, shut up. It never times. happens. When the dude is, like, tapped eight times, what – I mean, there's no more that you're supposed to do at this point. But I guess the reason why I asked that question or, or prompt it is this. So you mean to tell me that this guy who regularly cheats and then gets away with murder at the end by holding on to this for too long, not only does all of that go in his favor, he really just kind of gets slaps on the wrist or like, oh, Paul Harris, that Doing guy. Doing again. So that when you – remotely defend yourself by punching the guy to be like hey get the fuck off me now you're gonna get the fine so great perfect sounds great thanks everybody <laughs> fighting's a great thing to do but you do have to acquiesce you're not supposed to punch people after the fight's been called i mean as much as you're not supposed to try and extend the kimura like not a good precedent to punch people because you disagree with the way they beat you it's not even the way they beat him. It's just respecting I, it. So I, I think you know I agree with you. I'm just also saying. Right. You can say whatever you want to say. I just dropped my quarter because I'm so fucking pissed at you. <laughs> I'm just saying there's no Look out. right area for Jake Shields. There's no, yeah. there's no getting any kind of thing that is respectable. So I don't know. I, I feel that commission – better go real quick of yeah he probably shouldn't have well we're talking to jared dopp later on in the episode we have some ufc 190 recap of course coming this way and this was our world series of fighting and frankly i think paul harris this was probably one of the last conversations we'll ever have about him so we did want to have it that's important because oh it's frustrating just please no more adcc bullshit like we don't want to see him anymore you and i are good right are we both team we're set we've seen enough we're we're there but somebody's gonna pick him up and he'll be well can't wait to see him in bellator fighting kimbo slice that'll be a dream come true noted heel (laughs) hook escape artist kimbo slice yes (laughs) as he's known in the streets it was also if we may be so bold, five grappling. Yes, it was. Where if we can just start with, I'm going to start with, in my views, the highlight of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Mackenzie Dern's entire performance, which was, I thought, the highlight, um, I thought the per-match best Gary Tonin versus Zhao Miao was amazing. Yeah. What Gary did you Tonin. love about that? I, well, I don't know specifically, Raph. It's not that I don't know what happened. It's that I don't even know how to quantify or explain what I enjoyed about the match. Their legs were so intertwined and they were moving so frequently and they were attacking so much that it's very hard to really know exactly what happened. Um, but suffice it to say, both of them are both made of rubber mm-hmm. and never stop attacking. And that's a fascinating matchup. I thought it was interesting in that 
Gary was doing the same series of toehold attacks on Meow that he did in the first match. And I sat there and go, nope, check. His feet are still rubber. So not really doing anything here. And I thought the overall part of this is I like the match. Don't get me wrong. A lot. I was not at all remotely surprised in how it went or what they were attacking. Uh, I think the only mild surprises came when you saw that Meow was able to kind of take Gary's back, which was kind of fun. But I think you could make the assumption that if he was going to play his beer and bolo game, he was going to try and do those kind of back takes. Um, and yet I was still ultimately very surprised uh, by the uh, challenge. What did you think of that moment? I didn't fully understand it. I understand that okay. there was obviously something that uh, they they gave a nice like go to the rules meeting warning about the whole thing. It was like, well, okay, I don't. Um, I find it fascinating that was ultimately a match that was two to two and decided by a penalty point. Was the challenge necessarily? And you can maybe explain it. Was something about two points having pulled guard? There is a weird five rule that says if that you know it's to really get rid of being in that kind of thing for too long, so that if there is a double pull, that you can kind of if somebody's coming up top, they may be ascribed uh, a couple points, something to that effect. Uh, but it was so confusing to the main audience when they just kind of go. What the yeah, fuck I guess is we this? should say it was Maria. It was Mario who is Zhao's corner man that issued mm-hmm. the challenge. And the challenge was about something to do with the guard, mm-hmm. uh, as you're explaining. And because they didn't win the challenge, they lost a point. Yeah, they didn't lose a point. They just or they got a penalty point. A, yes, they were given an X. And let me just say the- that little thing we just said is what was mm-hmm. never explained on the cast. Like they never they were. To be fair, they were trying to explain it, but it was all moving so fast. And then once it happened, they're just kind of like, well, let's find out. what." They were never able to articulate that it was Zhao's corner that had issued the challenge. And the failed challenge loses you a point. I mean, can we stop saying loses? I guess I don't understand what a penalty point is, if not a loss of a point. But that was the reason I wanted to bring that up is because it's still slightly confusing. I think if you're a tournament head and you go to a lot of these things, it maybe makes a little bit more sense, but from it's very, uh, like from all of that removed, it was fast paced. It was good. It was a nice contrast of watching two people who attack very different ways, uh, do and implement their game. And I thought Gary looked as sharp as ever playing a game that was erratic Crazy. Never in danger. No, I don't know that Still he was never ever in danger. danger. No. Zhao was in danger multiple points. Gary was never in danger. I think, you know what's weird is that Gary maybe had more submissions uh, that he was able to maybe claim were more submission attempts. But I would say that some of the entries and some of the more transitionary kind of stuff was was more impressive on Meow's side. Um Definitely some that, fascinating transitions. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And just some really impressive leg lock defense. Yeah, well. In addition to his rubberness, he was also doing some serious defending against some fantastic attacks. Yeah. And I don't know. It was fascinating to watch. I'm glad it went into OT. Uh, props to them. Props to Five for putting that part on. But let's really give credit where credit is due. This was one of the first events that they made sure to let us know. 
that they were giving equal money to the men and to the women, which in jiu-jitsu is kind of a thing because the IBJJF is kind of like, mm, women, we'll give you like, you know, some money, 58 cents to the dollar here. No big. It's fine. You're good. Now, uh, having said that, it was an interesting proposition. They did it. And guess who had the most interesting matches for some strange reason? Not even close, by the way. <laughs> yeah. The women were way more fun to watch, just by and large. Um, Nigel Rollins, who I think might have formerly been Nigel Easton. I can't. The jury's still out. Are you sure? I'm not a thousand percent sure. I, I think, think they, they might have mentioned, mentioned it once, though. There was something about it. Um <laughs> She brings the noise with some very great gi pressure passing. Um, watching Karen and and Antunes, 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 one of those. She was a beast. Her half guard, her deep half. You know, I was watching that. Just impressed, right? Like I was like, yeah. Uh, and ref, I want to say it first on the podcast. I just want to be one of the first people to announce it. Mackenzie Dern. She's got a very bright future in jiu-jitsu, don't you think? Are you talking about the year of Mackenzie Dern? I think I might be. Um, specifically, I'm talking about that giant flotation device she won that she wafted away home on. Oh my God. Known as her championship belt. They put a they motor on her it. And a it canoe. Flew. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she was like, She's uh, I so can just take this river home and here I'll surf. You know, we put a meme up. And we enjoyed it. But I had somebody who I showed that meme to today. And they looked at it and they said, this is photoshopped, right? I said, no, this belt is not photoshopped. That belt is exactly real size. Just as big as her, if not bigger. In fact, that belt might actually be in a heavier weight class than she is. So there you have it. But it was... I don't know. She's always so fascinating to watch and she's so great. And I couldn't be happier for her because it sounded as if she took Ronda Rousey's fight finish as a challenge and was like, oh, I'm going to finish my fight in 21 seconds. Take that, Ronda Rousey. Because it was impressive. It was cool. And did you even see that submission come? No. No, it I did not. So fast. Of it course, I did. No one did. I, I mean, maybe you did. I really did not. I saw the setup happening, and I go, "Oh, that might be interesting if she's going to finish that. And maybe fall to her." Oh, she didn't need to do anything. When she let she go, got... I was like, "What? Oh, oh, sure, it's over. That makes sense." <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I mean, what a fun fight." No, of of course, course, yeah. Why not? Uh, so, hats off to the ladies. Also, I mean, some just great matches. It was fun to watch uh, Chelsea Babers Donner fight. Ton of ton of fun. Always. Yeah, I was really impressed by the ladies. I genuinely think. Um, let's move to the men's Tim Spriggs beast. Yep. He's a strong dude. Um, he and Yuri Simos had a very uh, stand-up match. Yes, Take down at the end. Not a ton of jujitsu. Some good grappling, I guess. I'm doing my best. Am I, how am I doing? okay you're doing fine you were almost through it all the way through um let's put it this way it was wrestling it you know it wasn't quite wrestling and it wasn't quite jujitsu correct somewhere in between there because i don't think you could really see any work going from the ground they were content on trying to get takedown points 
on that one. And I guess that's kind of cool because a lot of people like to see that in jujitsu. That is a common criticism we get in the sport. It was just a little disappointing in that I don't know that we ever saw those guys do things that we would have liked to see them do just once they get the ground because those guys are so good at a plethora of things and we just like seeing those things on display. And for six-minute increments, these guys are used to going forever. So I don't know. I don't know what it does to the game. But I will say the downside to doing that is you don't get the submissions. And that – Fast matches. Yeah. It's just – it's not even the time. It's how you're spending the time. And, I mean, we obviously say this from the outside looking in, but it was just like you want this event to succeed. You want to see those submissions that make it comparable. You know, why do we have less submissions here than we would at EBI? And I think that's a fair question to raise. You know, EBI obviously has more time, but the submissions happen quicker within that time. Well, when there are points, when there are points, inevitably, that's what you're going to get. Points games. Which is kind of the rule. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll go so over the guys' matches um, okay. before we get to key. Lucas Roca versus Ezra Lennon. 6 mm-hmm. Roca, got he's a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Spriggs won via decision over Bastos. Yuri beat James Popolo. 6-2, that was a fun match. Yeah. Um, J.O. Assis, Abraham Marti won via heel right. hook. J.O. I love that a lot, yeah. Yeah, he's a big anybody guy. who survives a triangle for that long. And no I, I think when you find yourself in that triangle and you just go, uh oh, <laughs> well, this isn't how it's supposed to go. I'm not supposed to be here. Look out. Uh, yeah, I'll wait it out for a little while. Can and we then talk about did. the whole triangle thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Spriggs beat Bruno Bastos. Yuri beat, uh, we got that Joe. So, and then Yuri beat Joe Assis via really tough decisions. And then Spriggs over Yuri. Um, J.O. won over Roka, taking third. Yep. Some great matches on the ladies' side. I really was impressed. Um, from Nigel to Borges, McKenzie over Antunes. And Antunes had some great matches up until that point, as did Borges. Like, it was a really just a fun match. Let me match. ask you this. Great event. Do you think it would have changed anything on the men's side had it been in Gi? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. I loved the gi versus no gi side, though. Which, mm. speaking of, putting a nice capstone on it, Keenan Cornelius versus Octavio Souza. Your thoughts, Rafa Sparza? I mean, Keenan obviously so hot right now. It's very, he's Keenan so hot right now. A sequel. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Again, I don't know that this was bad. I just, uh, I watched it. Somebody asked me, they're like, how was the match? And I'm like, Keenan was in it. So obviously you want to watch for that. Um, There was a lot of wrestling and there was a lot of, or at least jostling for wrestling. And uh, I don't know. I think part of it is Keenan is very elusive and hard to work with. So I don't know if it's part that you have a game that you go in there with and then you just go, well, that's gone to shit because I'm facing Keenan. Um, but I don't know. I, n- I never felt like we got something completely going to the point where it w- was a must-see match. And that's always what you hope for there. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I completely agree with your temperance <laughs> towards the match. Uh, yeah, I think okay. you did a better job probably explaining it. I thought Keenan was trying to push the action. I thought Otavio had zero desire to fight him. 
And that's not an insult. I'm not sure anyone has much desire to get tangled up, but Octavio is just space. Got to keep space. Got to keep space. It's like, well, at a certain point, space is great. Uh, could you maybe just engage, please? Because he's moving forward and you aren't. That's just where that's where we're at. I don't. I mean, but again, there's a difference in reach. There's a difference in there is. There's not much of a difference here. in weight. There's not much of a difference. Yeah, in there's weight. a little bit of a difference That's enough. You know, it's hey, then don't it's take something the fight. Where I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying. I think you go in there with a plan. You try and implement that plan, and I Let's think part of that plan was trying to wrestle straight up with Keenan. And I think Keenan, his wrestling does pose some interesting questions. And oh man, maybe that would be cool if they did a little bit more here or that. But I think it's then you live in that fear of. Okay, so you take down Keenan. What happens next? Do you end up in his guard? Do you somehow magically pass him because you really think he's not going to guard attention back? I don't know. I I think he really had one of those moments where even if he wasn't engaging, as you were saying, I think he wanted to try and see what he could do from kind of getting reactions off of Keenan, who doesn't give him that. And I think that was a big problem going on. Well, he should have gotten closer. That's my only... (laughs) Great, yeah, Kev. You do me a favor. You fight at his yeah, size and weight, we'll which is yeah, I'll get very close. <laughs> uh, not at all possible. Done. And then you get to his skill level. Also, very possible. Uh, never possible. And then you let me know how that goes when you're rolling with Keenan Cornelius. Well, that sounds like as good a time as any to ponder that thought and mm-hmm. uh, move to our first guest. What do you think? Sounds like a good. Tap fans, we always take special exception when we have a Lovato protege on the podcast, and that's who we have tonight. Raph, I'm really excited about this. Are you excited? You should be. I should be. I was. We were purple belts for like a week at the same time, uh, and then obviously he continued to climb the ranks, which is real sh- one-ups. What does that have to do with any part of this? Nothing. I just felt okay. like it was worth mentioning that there was like a week. You just wanted to try and same. put your name in the same sentence Which as him. doesn't belong. We have no. a competitive grappler. We have a Midwesterner. We have a cool guy. We have Jared Dopp on the line. Jared, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you guys doing this evening? We're fantastic. Honestly, as you're you're heading into ADCC, and we know that the Lovato camp is a focused camp, what's, like, the craziest thing Professor Lovato makes you do? Do you have to, like, sleep with certain, like, rash guards from a good ADCC or generation of no grappling underneath your pillow? Is there, like, a Lucky Charms thing? You can be honest. Oh man, I don't have anything that spectacular. Uh, oh okay, that'd be pretty nice. So right, <laughs> he probably just teaches you those kimuras, and that does it. But you know, we like to dream on the podcast. I know, right? Um, well, no, I, I guess we don't have anything crazy. Um, since I'm not up there, you know, as much as I used to be, it's hard to run a hard to have me do something special. I would say the uh, just the craziest thing is, uh, I mean, it's not too crazy either. Is 
you know, competition training on Saturdays and having to adjust to ADCC rules and, you know, how it's actually really hard to score. And I'm going to venture a guess, though. Could you elaborate on what competition training means? Because that might be Raph and I's version of very scary. I don't know. It's not, not too bad. We haven't had anybody die yet. We haven't had some injuries. But, uh, no death. I, can, I, can I just make sure <laughs> that I, I some say this before injuries. you go on real quick? Because that's not uh-huh. exactly something that makes for a great banner. Like, Lovato BJJ, no deaths yet. And then just, like, the shruggy face, like, the emoticon shrug. Um, so, okay, that, that is a good hallmark. But I think what Kevin's alluding to here is, you know, how long is that training session? How many rounds? Since you said it is an adjustment for ADCC rules, I'm imagining that means kind of time is, you know, a little bit more out the window. Well... So you still try to do the set time. You still try to do, uh, you know, 10-minute rounds. And it's on a Saturday, and everybody has different things to do. So we're trying to keep it within a three-hour training session. And the difference in competition training in a typical class is in a class, you have your technique of the day, or you have your series of the day, and that's what you're working on. You're going to drill that, and you're going to do some rounds afterwards. In competition training, there is no technique of the day. I want to say there is no instruction in competition training. You you come and you're trying to work your game on um, on the rest of the teammates. So it's so let's try to simulate a competition a little bit. Uh, it's probably about as close as you can get to one. So we do the rounds. We also like to do some position specific stuff. So we'll do back taking drills, wrestling first to score guard drills and all this is kind of leading up to the rounds and so we'll do that for you know an hour or so depending on how far we are out from a competition and then we'll get into the rounds for an hour or so (laughs) is there a boring (laughs) rules meeting beforehand do you have to sit through like a an exceptionally long rules meeting no, we don't have a we don't have a long rules meeting. Lovato for the win. <laughs> that's why that's yeah. why it's the best. Then, so we do. I mean, we do have to make sure everybody knows what is allowed, what isn't allowed each time. Because with the only tournament coming up in the near future being ADCC, well, not everybody has to be accustomed to ADCC rules. And with the only three people there, myself, Raider, and Lovato being the only ones who competed, we have to really kind of tell people like, Hey, this is, this is what's allowed, which is almost everything, but, uh, not just for their safety, but for our safety as well. I have to make sure we have to make sure that they know exactly what they can do. So now I want you to walk us through the whole, you know, the ADCC, they're a strange bunch. Uh, you know, sometimes it takes them a little while to realize, Oh, have we invited this person? No. I guess we should get on that. In your case, uh, we like to elaborate it as a little bit more like it's kind of like the show The Bachelor where you're just kind of waiting to get the rose. So they took a little while to get you your rose. What was going through your mind when they were kind of coming up with that idea? Like you were a huge, huge component for the last ADCC in 2013. So I know it's got to be pins and needles. Describe to us what it's like to kind of be in that waiting element. 
Okay, definitely. Yeah, it is. Uh, I guess it is kind of like waiting to get that rose or waiting to get a call back after your first date or something, you know. <laughs> uh, it's kind of nerve-wracking. So I, for the whole time I had been hoping that I would get an invite, we had discussed briefly doing a trial, but the issue with the trials is they were actually they were at poor times for me. I think one of them was one of them was literally the weekend after finals, and there was no way that was going to happen. You know, um, I can't remember when the other one was, but it was like right after a tournament or right before a tournament, and those aren't really publicized that well. Unfortunately, I wish I wish they were, but you usually don't have a whole lot of I want to say time to prepare for a trial because it's just not used to know about it. Um, I was waiting. I was hoping to get it earlier, and I thought that I would because I had gotten because I did so well at the last one. But when I didn't get the invite very quick, I you know I sit there and I got to think. I'm like, well, you know. Maybe maybe they won't even invite me back. You know, I, I beat some guys, but I didn't do anything spectacular in terms of uh, just just totally dominating somebody or getting submissions. And so <clears throat> I was sitting there thinking, and I was like, well, you know, maybe they maybe they won't. Maybe because I didn't put on a whole lot of excitement last time. And so I kind of that that thought was kind of going through my head, and I started getting nervous. I thought, well, dang, maybe. Uh, Maybe I'm not going to get to go back this year. You know? And then they they sent me an email and said that I'd been invited. And that was, that was like a huge weight off my chest, man. When they send you the email, is there ever a moment when you think it's like one of those fake Nigerian princesses who's like, hey, you're going to ADC Sur? <laughs> well, a little bit, but everything they had in there was spelled correctly. So oh, okay. Wasn't too bad. That's but a that's a got, big difference. It wasn't like Dop D O H P C T. So just Mister Dop, yours was to be here. You know, oh, God. don't yeah, don't ever use that, that accent again. Right. Fair. Uh, I have to say this though, Dop. When that does come your way, and you kind of touched on this, maybe my biggest concern was because you had such notable wins over, you know, some no-name like Vinny Magalhaes. Do you think that they look at it and they go, oh, he was too good. Let's not invite him back. Let's just, uh, nah. <laughs> I hope not. I hope that's not what they think. Um, one thing that I was talking with a couple people at the Academy about, because I was, for a while there, I was getting asked every time I was up there, hey, man, did you get your invite yet? And I was like, no nah, man, I haven't got it yet. And that was making me even more nervous. But we don't wonder if maybe they they're trying to build up some suspense. They wait to invite people as if they already know who they're going to invite, but they invite someone later to build the suspense. You know, and I guess I'm okay with that as long as you invite the the guys who have been there multiple times. Wait, because people like me who are still kind of up and comers. I need the notification so I can train a little more. That's my opinion. Anyway, those guys who have been doing it for a while, they're, they're training all the time. They know they're getting in there, so they're like, yeah, whatever. They it's also... It's also fair for you, too, because, you know, you, you're not preparing for an IBJF-style tournament. 
Right, you've got to you've got to prepare yourself and that type of thing. So you want to know when you've got enough experience and and to be preparing for that type of thing because as you said, you know, it's one of the many things you sort of walk into. So talk to us a little bit because we're we're starting to already gear up for your your coming up ADCC. What was your experience like last time when you were whatever when sort of you were that really sort of weird story of like, "Hey, this is not quite your traditional black belt competing at ADCC, having some real success. I'm just curious, how do you capstone that last type of achievement going into this new one? So the last time, yeah, you know, not being a black belt, not having the experience that everybody else did, or not having the experience in grappling. Let me, let me say that because I've been playing competitive sports for 19 years, man. You know, and I've always – uh, been able to make it pretty close to the top of my sport. Backstreet fighting, day. cross country, baseball, that type of thing. I'm just mentioning a few. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> back in the alley and bare <laughs> <laughs> knuckles. Jared had a few rough years, but he's back on it. He's on the legit jujitsu trainer. He was playing bare knuckle soccer, which is a sport you really don't hear too much about. But... It's a Midwest thing. It's a Midwest it's, thing. If guys. you love MMA and the slowness of FIFA, you will enjoy this. Let's just say if you fall crying and you hold your knee, it's usually for a reason. It's because you you got knee barred and you shouldn't be on the ground crying. But I'm sorry. Go on, Jared. I'm so sorry for interrupting. Well, we'll say it's a pretty big sport in rural America with uh, in a ring of wild dogs. So yeah. <laughs> people are gonna be like, "Hey, where can we find this?" Uh, they're going to point their directions at the key. You guys describe what sounded like awesome television. Uh, we'll work on that. Somebody's going to listen to this interview and go, I actually know less about Jared than I did going in. This I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. They, they might say that. Well, now, what you have to be careful for is if the right person hears that, they're going to try to start that sport. Yeah, that's true. Very true. <laughs> You'll see it on YouTube in a few months. <laughs> Okay, Uh, Jared just a real quick a few minutes ago you made a finals plug and by finals rarely well I think most people would mean think you mean in a competitive jiu-jitsu tournament that's actually not what you meant when you said finals oh yeah that's that's right I did not I didn't specify they were like oh was it at medium heavy what was the, was it gi or no gi? That's it's especially not great if you're at yeah, like right. some small tournament. And you're like, whoa, whoa, ADCC, I can't get to you, okay? I have to beat this guy in my finals, okay? There's, it's a competition for best grade in the class. Jesus, um, but we yeah. did, what? But well, Jared, please explain what you mean by finals. Okay, so uh, I. <clears throat> I try to make it, well, I don't try to make it uh, widely known, but I've been in school for the majority of the time that I've been doing jiu-jitsu. Actually, I've only been out of school for like a year, year and a half while I was doing jiu-jitsu, kind of my purple belt days. Um, So I am currently studying chemical engineering at the University of Oklahoma, and we had our final exams uh, first week of May, if I remember correctly, in the the trials were that weekend. And so uh, when the finals were, honestly, my class finals make me more nervous than any tournament I've ever been to because it, I don't know what I'm going to get. 
when they hand me that test because I have no idea. <laughs> that would actually be so great if you actually could be graded on your jiu-jitsu. It's like, this question's too hard, but let me show you how I pass. And they'd be like, well, somebody just worked their way up to an A-. minus. Good job. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that would be great. So let me let me ask you this though, Jared, because this is what confuses me. Maybe it's not even that it confuses me. Maybe the the choice of feeling here is infuriates me. So you mean to tell me you were this good at jujitsu by not going full time? Because that's gross. Okay, well, let me let me give you a little backstory here. Okay. Um, so when I was going for my first degree. Uh, I was studying chemistry in Wichita Falls, Texas. And I, I was a blue belt, and I was going uh, twice a week, sometimes three. But that's all. That, that's the only classes that we had down there. We had Tuesday and Thursday nights, <clears throat> which, hey, man, Thursday was tough because that was college night at the bar. And I I was a, I was a Boy Scout, and I went to jiu-jitsu every time, okay? Just have you guys know that. <laughs> uh, and then we'd sometimes have a Saturday class. Now, a lot of times – People couldn't make it because uh, they were spending time with their families. Or uh, around Wichita Falls is actually pretty rural, and some of the people I knew they were either construction workers or uh, lived on kind of a farm type thing, so they'd have to do stuff around the house and whatnot. And so I couldn't always make it. <clears throat> um, you know, and some people had kids doing sports and stuff. You know, who knew having a wife and kids actually takes up time? I would have never guessed. I've heard uh, that rumor. I heard yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so even when I was a blue belt and doing well as a blue belt, I was only training two or three times a week. Then, um, moved up here to Norman, um, started training with Raphael and then we'll, we'll say 2013, at the beginning of 2013, I started training, uh, uh, anywhere between four and six days a week uh, because, you know, we had so many days of class, so many days of open mat and then. Saturday competition training. And so I did that for roughly a year. Sometimes I would only do three times or four times. Um, and we don't, I never really did twice a day. You know, I'd lift in the morning and do, I'd do lifting and conditioning and I would do the training in the evening. And so that whole, that whole year, year and a half after getting my degree in chemistry, I dedicated to jujitsu as a purple belt and chemistry. God oh, yeah. damn it. Sorry, go on. No, you just keep talking, Jared. <laughs> chemistry. Ugh. Yeah, he still hasn't worked his way out of my whole. I'm sorry, you were good at jujitsu. Um, yeah, I haven't. I have busy. Basis I agree. I was like, he hasn't answered any of that yet. It's like, so it sounds like no. Uh, you just got good at jujitsu miraculously, as it were, and also really good at chemistry. But that's oh, fine. sure. Who needs that? I'm still giving you the benefit of the doubt. I still, you know, I'm hoping for that moment where I go, oh, okay. Well, there's that. You're right. But go on. Hopefully we get, hopefully uh, we get there. I don't want to make any animus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, you know, I, I did that whole year like that. And then after that year, uh, I went back to school. So actually, I think it was either the, I think it was the next day. So when we got back from ADCC last time, the next day I had to, drive down to Norman and enroll in classes. And then I started class. So that was in, that would have been October. And then I started classes that next spring. 
And that next spring, which or, or January, I had to start doing jujitsu part time again, making it up twice a week. Sometimes only once a week, to be honest. Um, maybe three times, a couple times, but that's really rare. So that that's kind of my journey. But what I will say, I think, helped me with jujitsu all, just really all the years of doing sports before that, because I. You know, when I was seven, I started playing soccer. I only got to do that for a year. And then after that, I started playing football. And then I got into karate, did karate for a long time. Uh, I even tried my hand at basketball and baseball. I sucked horribly at those sports. Um, I mean, it was ugly. It, it was ugly. <laughs> and then uh, I also picked up, started doing powerlifting and track and then did a little bit of football into college so I, I don't know i some people say that that probably wouldn't help you i think it did being an athlete so many years i think it helped me adapt to jujitsu a lot quicker than someone who never did anything that's fair and i mean there's a part of me that still wants an answer to this which is why of all the things why chemistry because you have this great ability it sounded like that you were always an athlete and most athletes take the real simple ones that are just kind of like, I'm going to be a business major, which might as well just be a high five because who's going to fail the business major athlete who brings money into the college? See what I'm saying here? You chose chemistry. Explain that to me. I honestly it like hated every other subject in school. To be to be one hundred percent honest with you, I've always I've always been a science guy. Uh, I didn't particularly like math that much, but I wasn't bad at it. And then as I got into high school and decided I was going to do something in the physical sciences, I started to like math a little more. And just from my high school teacher, my high school chemistry one and chemistry two classes, I, I knew right away. You know, before I even went to college, I was like, "This is going to be my major. This is what I'm going to do." And then. Uh, yeah, after that, I was actually going to – I actually came to OU originally to do a Ph.D. in chemistry. And then I think it was like a month in, I just stopped going to class. I was like, I don't I don't want to do this right now. And then uh, and then I decided to come back to school. I wanted to try out chemical engineering because they do some – they get paid better, and they actually do some really cool, real interesting things. So now I'm working on that. And – Jared, you and I need to explain to Raph once again because he thinks a little stent in Illinois and a little stent in Kentucky makes him a Midwesterner. I didn't say that. Can we just explain why the Midwest is great? Just as a team, I'll start. I'll say, you know, I love that there's never traffic. Oh, that is amazing. There is no traffic. Ever. Property is super cheap. Oh, property is cheap. <laughs> Jared, we're just... That's... It's a tennis of utopia right now. Um, the air oh, yeah. quality. Like, that you can just breathe and smell either barbecue or livestock. Mm -hmm. That's great. Okay, gentlemen. You let oh. me know how those beaches in the Midwest really work out for you. Oh, right on the edge of a lake where there's no... Death fish swimming just past the yellow line. It's great. Death right. fish. Jesus. No, if anything, <laughs> most of those lakes are filled with natty light. And yes, that has a certain appeal to it as well. But I, I do wonder this, though. So I don't know. You're now getting. What is it? A, is it a PhD in chemistry now? 
No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm doing another bachelor's in chemical engineering. What the shit? Okay. We're, okay, we're Raph, I'm a... out too. Raph, no. I don't want to. I'm not, I don't even want to talk to him anymore. I, no, we we no. What we're are we going to talk about? Science? I don't know anything about it, Raph. No, neither of us do. So let's try and understand using our words. Here's the thing, Jared. Okay, no, here it is. Here's my question to you. Why? Okay. The question is why? The question is why? Yes. Uh, why, why the school route? Why the chemistry and all that? Why go again? Uh, well, okay. So, part of that, to go back again, uh, when I did a little digging and researching and was looking at what the professors at OU were doing in chemistry and what a PhD in chemistry would entail, at that time, that is not what I wanted to do. I thought it was, but it wasn't, and I needed some time for a break. And then I decided to come back because there, you know, there, there was actually a really big movement of people saying that they didn't want to go to school and everybody wanted to just do jujitsu. And I think you guys, you guys know, there's a lot of younger people um, my age and, and younger than me who are just doing jujitsu and I don't know what else they're doing. They're not going to school and I, I don't know if they have jobs or not either. They're just training all the time. So they say, and I've never been, I've never been that kind of person. I've always really loved learning, really enjoyed it as long as it was something that I wanted to learn. There's been a few classes that I absolutely hated, but typically things that are towards my major. I do love and I do enjoy don't enjoy the homework. Don't enjoy the test. <laughs> you know. Or the finals. Well, at least he's the final he's, matches. He's sounding normal yeah. again. So the, the parts that I didn't understand, okay, okay. Because the reason I asked this question is I'm having a hard time, and maybe Kevin's in the same place, trying to figure out if this is jujitsu's loss or science's game. <laughs> Hopefully it's a game by both. You know, I don't plan on – I never plan on completely walking away from jiu-jitsu. Don't get me wrong. And I, uh, yeah, I, I've got a lot of respect. Yeah, but you're going to be that annoying guy who, like, on the side does things that are super cool in science and then always wins. Like, pick one. You can't be – that's too mean. Because what's the person who takes second to you ever going to feel like? They're going to be like, well – at least I'm smarter. I'm <laughs> better than Dobat. So I'm just saying, for the sake of everybody, it's just you know you're you're taking a little bit too much of the pie here. Well, I don't go around talking about it. I don't tell everybody. Well, I don't walk up to. It. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, oh I don't no! Get on the, here we go. go here we go. <laughs> I'm, not I'm sorry, Kevin. Saying. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not I'm saying, hey man, I bet uh, I bet I can do derivatives. I bet I can do derivatives around doing circles or something, you know, or know. or get up on a plate and be like, hey, you know what I did yesterday? No. Can you imagine if I, you were fighting Kit Dale and you rock that type of that type of smack talk? That would confuse the shit out of him from Australia. Come on. Like, By derivative, he would be like, uh. He's like derivative. Is that a koala? I'm so like, no, confused. Kit, no, 
simple-minded. You know, I, don't, kid. I don't think that would stop Kit Dale at all. I think he'd just keep continuing to say whatever he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, okay. We've, we've clearly established you want to be really, really annoying and that you want to be smart and good at jiu-jitsu. Yeah, we heard it. And we're a little jealous, and we've we've given you the grief, but we've heard for years, and this is why we're so excited to talk to you, because we've heard as far back as even your Purple Belt days from people who train with you uh, how good you were. And it was such a great conversation. When we first met Rafael Lovato, he kept talking about this random person. He didn't give you a name yet, but he was doing a story about how good a pressure in training you were. And at the end of the story, he was like, oh, yeah, and Jared, he's killer, man. And you would see that all and all the time. So anytime we talk to somebody from your guys' camp, there would always be this great thing of anytime somebody mentioned your name, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to roll with him. Nah. So that's always been of interest to us. And uh, I guess that's why we're so intrigued about you and your camp. So looking at this ADCC, which is coming up for you, I mean, bearing that you don't have any magic finals that show up, God forbid. But what are some matches that you would love to see yourself have at the upcoming ADCC? Okay, actually, I'm going to try to say some off the top of my head, but let me pull up my computer here and see who is actually confirmed to be there. <laughs> okay. Be- because I, you, know, you hear Kinda rumors. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You're not just going to speak wildly and just start challenging other people in different weight classes. They're not like a meow brother you want to take out. <laughs> He's like, there is, but I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to whisper all, it to you this, after the podcast. Of course there is. All this talk about Jerry not being a nice guy and all of a sudden he starts calling out all the little people at ABCC just because. Why not? Um, well... I think in my weight class, you know, one of the guys that I want, or actually two of them that I actually did want to have matches with before I became a black belt, or before I do, are definitely Alexander Trans and Bushesha. I'd like to have some matches with those guys to know you before I'm a black belt. They're bigger guys, they're always winning, and I think that would be an extremely good experience for me before I have to go and compete at like black belt pennant or black belt worlds, you know? So that would be interesting. And just, you know, two guys that size as well, that would be amazing. What would your game be against? And is this 99 kilograms? Is that what you would fight at? Yeah, this is the over 99. Yeah. Over 99. Well, first of all, they will be there. What's your game against okay. Alex Trans, and, and what's your game against Buchecha? And I know that's not an easy question. I'm just asking a little bit. Uh, it's understandable. I actually – okay, so I don't have, like, a game strategy when I go up against a certain person. Um, I kind of fill them out, see what works, see what doesn't. And I just – basically, I just do whatever I think is working at the time, you know. But for Buchecha and – Trans, we'll, we'll start with Trans first. You know, Trans is such a big guy. I don't know how physically strong he is, um, but uh, with as much as he weighs and how he looks pretty solid, I would say that he's going to give me some some tough uh, some tough spots with the physical strength. And so, I think I'm just 
yeah. I think I'm going to try to be quicker than him. I'd still, for both of those guys, I would try to work my take down still the passing, things like that. And anything else after that would just be situational. You know, if I get put on my back, I would definitely, you know, definitely have to work the guard game. Try to get up or something, you know, especially in ADCC. Is that part of the reason why you're such a coveted training partner at Lovato's is because maybe when you're going into a match, it's that unpredictability of you're kind of dismantling it as you're going on? It may very well be. Honestly, when I go into a match, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I know I have a, a my basic plan to say, I'm going to try to get this take now. I'm going to try to pass the guard. I'm going to try to sub the guy. But it doesn't always happen that way. And so, <laughs> you know, you, you have no idea what's going to happen when you, when you turn at me or when you watch me. You're like, what is he doing right now? What is that? <laughs> But I think that's also what makes you guys so interesting to watch is because uh, I wouldn't necessarily say you guys are the type to pull guard. So I don't know if that's a controversial statement, but uh, you guys at least give us something. And especially for the ADCC format, it makes those matches way more exciting. And I think that's why we get so uh, relieved when we see you guys, and especially you know the, the four of you guys who are going to represent, we, we get so stoked to see that. I was going to say, Lovato people, you guys go for the submission. You do. You have a strong-held belief, and we love it as a jiu-jitsu community. Man, I so I actually really love going for the submission. And I think maybe some people know. I, every now and then I get the, I get upset at a tournament. I'm like, man, I didn't get a submission there. I had a, had a chance there, and I missed it. Or Especially Nogi, man. I, for some reason... In training, I get a lot of submission to Nogi. I, I do not get them at tournaments. Man, I'm trying so hard. Everybody <laughs> know that. And I was, so, I've been so upset. It's, uh, I don't think I've said anybody at any of the Nogi World Tournament. Well, my condolences, sir. I, yeah, really, okay, I don't even I know like, where to start. I know. I was trying to work up my, my anger here, Kev, but I was like... <laughs> Man. Like, well, it is hard. Oh, that's uh, right. Now he's thinking, hold on, I should be angry too, right? It's a rough life. Jeez. <laughs> uh, what? Damn it, Jared. <laughs> Sorry. But the good news is most of the time you're at least pushing the action so that you are trying to do it as opposed to maybe some other athletes who sit in the pocket a little bit, <laughs> kind of take their time, you know. I, we don't need to name names. I think you can just imagine who those people are. But, I mean, it does predict that – or it does give you guys that element of unpredictability, which is always fun to watch with you guys. Um, so have you found any of the people – like, I know Bouchesha is actually not going to be at this ADCC. Um, so neither, that's a big one. trans will be, actually. Yeah. I think – yeah, I think trans hurt his knee also. He's – yeah. So are there people that you now see on the list? Because I assume you used your supercomputer to – I don't think you have a regular computer. I think you have a super science computer. So thus supercomputer. Super is there somebody on that list that you see now that you were kind of like, I'd like a match with them? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so some of the you – know, actually some of the bigger name guys. So I wouldn't mind with Orlando Sanchez. Just because he poses uh, some real, some real interesting problems, you know, I, probably one of the most interesting matches that I could possibly have would be with Orlando. Um, him, 
Uh, Bernardo Faria, I guess he's going to be in that division. Ew. After all the success he's had this year. No lie. I'd really like a match with him. Um, and Joao Jose, you know, he beat me last time by a point. So I would kind of like to have that match back. Jared Dopp. Well, Jared, we can't tell you how much we appreciate having you swing by the podcast this evening. If you're looking for more, you can find him at Megalodop. Shout out to, I like, it's got like a Megalodon. Big shark fan, obviously. Uh, that's part of our Midwest upbringing, Raph. We love sharks. <laughs> I, just, uh, I am just making things up at this point, just in case. I love that Kevin is trying to explain to me what living in the Midwest is like. <laughs> <laughs> Having also lived in the Midwest for five years myself. Yeah. Well, people forget. It's going to depend on which part of the Midwest you go to. Yeah, exactly. Got to watch out for on, Nebraska hold on, hold and Missouri. On, hold on. What, what was this whole thing about Jared wanting to be a nice guy? Where, where did that go? <laughs> it still I got, that got like thrown out the window right toward the end of this interview. You were so close to to like landing this plane perfectly. And then you had to side with my simple, simple-minded co-host. <laughs> That's just mean. All right. Well, we can all debate about what mean is, but Jared, we're going to just proclaim your niceness for swinging by this evening. Verbal Tap fans, you know, head on down to OKC. Train with them at the uh, Lovato Central. Gosh, I'm jealous. Everyone is. We want to go train there. It's a fantastic facility. Well, you I mean, Kevin, you're going to be out there closer pretty soon. I'm and telling I think you. that, you know, you may have the ability to go train out there uh, since you'll be out in Colorado. You're just a heartbeat away from being Doc's next training partner, I think. Am I right here, Doc? <laughs> a few heartbeats away. Hey, just a, I mean, well, just a little short drive away, right? Oh, oh good. Oh, good. Doc, Jared's thing. in. I would love to see how friendly you are with Kevin on the mats <laughs> because you were so friendly with each other right there. Things are nice. No, yeah. Well, Jared, we'll have to pencil that in. I'll have your people call my people, obviously. <laughs> uh, we'll get to it. Verbal Tap fans, Jared Dapp. All right, guys, UFC 190 is in the books, and uh, as you guys know, last week we had an interesting game of over under Kevin. Kevin, how did you feel about that? I felt better at the time than I do now, I got to tell you. What's really causing you to have that kind of introspective right now? Uh, Shogun, uh, Silva, uh, Patrick Cummins' corpse. There's a few. (laughs) Okay, okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, well, last week you had a really, really fun game with a guy who called you out basically on SoundCloud, made a mixtape. First time that's happened say. to me, by the way. I just first want that. time. First time someone's. I had an ex girlfriend sing a song that sounded like it was about me on SoundCloud, but I don't think it counts. Did you really? Yeah. What did she sing? What was the name of the song? I don't want to talk about it. It wasn't like a nice song, but it wasn't like purposefully mean either. It wasn't specific enough, but. <laughs> Here's a question before we bring him on. Uh, did you like the song? Did it, it was have a not nice bad. Melody? Yeah, it was not. It wasn't. It was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I've never had that happen to me, so I had to ask you on air to make sure. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, at least bring on Kevin's basic. Uh, well, his enemy for this go around, uh, his opponent for over under Kevin, our good friend, Kiyoshi Perkins. <laughs> Kiyoshi, how are you doing today, the man? Break up, so. I'm. 
I've been better, you know. I'm a little disappointed in myself. I had the number one contender spot, and I just I, I screwed it up. What can I say? What do you mean you screwed it up? Oh, you know, to, to go back to an old standby, you know, we both went out there. We both wanted it just as much, but I guess he, uh, you know, he just he just wanted it more. I just okay. Now you're still being vague and adorably Canadian, so congrats on that. <laughs> that I, is every check hockey speech. Yeah, I was gonna say if that goes on the passport, you should renew yours. We will stamp it. <laughs> but I think you're being a little, I don't know, cryptic with what you're saying. Can you be a little bit more clear and concise with what happened? You want specifics? Well. Kevin managed to pull out uh, an upset. You know, no one thought he would do this. It was a come-from-behind victory. I was leading 4-2 to two by the time the main card started airing. And then he pulled ahead to uh, garner a grand total of eight wins to my six. Which what? Gives him the oh. W, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Kevin Phillips. Okay, now hold on. <sighs> hold on. Let's Raph, the sweet sound. First of all, Kiyoshi is my favorite person that we've ever brought in this game. I want that noted for the record. I want people <laughs> to take no, note. Hold on. What? We have to ask some questions here because, first of all, Kiyoshi, when you were coming on this show, you said that you were coming to give Kevin a challenge, but the way in which you said it made it seem as if you were giving him an easy road to winning. Like you were challenging him to be the worst, which is not how I strategy. took it, Raph. That is just not how I took it. I took it. I'm not asking you, was... Kevin. We'll oh. have a post presser for you later. <laughs> Kiyoshi, answer the following question Did you call for the code red? <laughs> You're goddamn right. I called for the code red. <laughs> Kiyoshi, I need you to give us specifics and why no, the fuck? No, you no, you do not. <laughs> but, Yes, the, the whole point of the code red is you don't have to give specifics, Raph. That's yes, why there's do. the code. Why would you th- – the whole movie, A Few Good Men, wouldn't go on if Jack Nicholson didn't give a speech. There's no point to that movie if he doesn't give a speech. Let the kid give the speech. Why did you do it? I called for the code red because I think Kevin, he's got potential to him. He can be better than he is at, at many things. No, granted. <laughs> better Definitely. than he is Definitely. and he needed a serious challenge he needed someone to fight on equal footing and to his credit he did go out there and i think he managed to almost reach your expectations raf or at least the very bottom no. of them i mean raf no. how many did you get right i got eight. Oh, oh, so we're tied we did tie oh look at that well that's fun we could just twinsies kevin twinsies Kevin, Twinsies. First of all, never say that again. Twinsies. Kevin, if you fucking keep saying that, we're not going to have the celebration at the end of the podcast (laughs) because this will never happen again. You and I will never win at the same time. So for the sake of the podcast, let me do what I need to do now. A couple of crazy eights. Okay. All right. Kiyoshi. Yes. So I'm still not clear. Did you intentionally throw your picks so that Kevin could win? I threw no picks, nor was it my intention to throw any picks. It was my intention to come on here and pick the fighters that I like, which, uh, for the most part, I did. And Honorable man. We would see who the, who the better man too. was at that yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you get lucky. All right. All right. All right. All right. I still have other questions. But I'm going to go to this one real quick. You broke protocol, and you were actually bragging on Facebook when you were ahead. <laughs> did you learn anything from doing that? 
You broke protocol. <laughs> yeah, next time just direct message him instead of posting Maybe it on his DM wall. it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> actually great advice. That's a really good lesson to the kids. Uh, direct message your <laughs> yeah. shit talk. It's just a little safer. You just made it I so was... public and you were just like, I want everybody to know I'm ahead. What's that I'm going to lose now? <laughs> oh shit. Now I it's like that he did he wasn't like, Don't send it. He's like, just <laughs> DM it. Just give it in. That's good. My intention with that was to build more hype for this one. Like, boom, I'm Mission beating accomplished, Kevin. By the it's way. like I normal. I mean, I you really diminished then... my spirit. Like, so much so I fell asleep to the fights. I'm going to blame you for that now. I was like, oh, I'm losing <laughs> and so Uncle bad. Came on, it's like, don't you do that. We're taking away your win bonus. So I had to take it away. You know, I got called out. I had a point deducted, basically. <laughs> I'm glad that these are all the things that are going through your head because mostly I just thought, hey, kid, it's not how we play this game, okay? You can do all the SoundCloud you want. This game has sanctity, it has honor, it has dignity, and when you do that, it just feels feels a little cheap. Does that make my unintentional posting of partially through the through results uh the deflate gate of over under kevin no don't don't yeah. cross the streams don't be awesome fucking no i love it don't, don't cross the streams exactly. oh mr ghostbusters hey, over four here. Yeah. four ufc card suspension for you sir and not a card under oh. i'm gonna Wait, need to see you cards or just any <laughs> no pay-per-view <laughs> pay-per-view come on worry. just any it'll be over in a week we gotta it does it yeah. I'll be nope. over by before Friday. It's no <laughs> fight pass bullshit for you. No. So now that we've cleared all that up, and I understand that your attention was true, you were trying as hard as you could. You just sucked more than Kevin, which is a very <laughs> rare thing. It's hard I to do, do have. I mean, believe me, we've Jesus Christ. The statistics do not speak well. Um, tested. Kevin. To be fair to statistics, I almost failed that class in college. So there's that. Boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the best econ grade either. First all, being honest. <laughs> Econ and statistics are a little different, Kevin, but we'll get into that later. Let's talk a little bit about what happened at UFC 190. Ronda Rousey's good, good at fighting. She's good at She is good at fighting. You did message me that, Kevin. That I, I just wanted it to be on the record that I was like, hey, I can, t- I can spot talent from miles away. And mm-hmm. she's that got it. Did message take you longer than 34 seconds to send? It did take me at least 15 <laughs> seconds to get it articulated. I don't know that it took 30, but it was close, probably. You know, it's funny. If you want to see things that take longer than a Ronda Rousey fight, you can go to firstslice.com to read an excellent article by a writer by the name of Raf Esparza that gives you 16 things that last longer than a Ronda Rousey fight. Fred One for me. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, uh, <laughs> First he's, cousin? He's good, yeah. It's uh, yep. Raph's evil okay, twin. Kev. So walk me through because our analysis is going to be longer than the actual fight. Walk well. you through what Ronda Rousey kept. Okay, I will ask you guys this, and I am. Let's do it. So she she starts by. I mean, swing away <laughs> was apparently the message. She starts throwing major hooks, just rights and lefts. What was with the grabbing of the back of the head? Was she going for the clinch? Um, because she did. She did keep having that – her left hand kept extending. I and mean, the, the fight was 34 seconds long. There's not much I can say. Ronda yeah. Rousey knocked her out. But she <laughs> did keep grabbing the back of her head. And I was like, oh, what's she trying to do? 
At one point, she nearly did the hip turn, but decided, no, I'll just keep hitting her. Inside tripped her, threw her down, punched her in the face, finished the fight. Really good stuff. Real good. A real barn burner. Okay. <laughs> I will say. A real 30-second barn burner. Yeah. made of matchsticks. It was so hard to tell who was going to win that one, you know? First of all, shut up, both of you. Kiyoshi, I'll ask you this. Were you surprised by any of this? Were I mean, you you picked Beche, though. I did, because I'm always hoping for that upset because I don't like Ronda. Am I surprised? No, she is a talented athlete. I, I cannot deny that. Her performance certainly speaks to that. I mean, I'd have to be blind, deaf, and um, I guess Venezuelan to not know this. Don't, come on Canadians yeah, taking we have a South American audience Kiyoshi, that does not appreciate that that's true but here's the thing you, you still picked her you still picked Beche so how much of your spirit crumbled when you saw the result enough I mean I, I might have dropped the bottle of maple syrup it was, it was a little sad <laughs> In case you're wondering at home, yes, he's working off a checklist of different <laughs> Canadian ideologies. things to Well, he say. has no choice but to mention maple syrup. He doesn't want to get kicked out. You know? That's true. Well, I mean, Stay last safe. week was the double-double, which is another Canadian staple. Wait. Okay. You don't get a double-double. We have In-N-Out. That's yeah. our thing. Everybody no, the coffee, double-double. double, Two cream, two sugar. Tim Hortons, come on, guys. No. no. Learn, learn, learn your Canadianisms. <laughs> No. I'm going to make this an educational podcast again. I will do it. I will make this an educational podcast. Yoshi, I am dangerously close <laughs> to banning you from making any Canadian references on this goddamn podcast. <laughs> I will pull that trigger so fucking fast, you, you won't even be able to see it because it's faster than a Ronda Rousey fight. Kevin, yeah. where do we go from this? Well, Do we t- want to see Ronda versus Cyborg? I don't or- care. Okay. I I just whoever they want to stroll out at one thirty five I'm in. I really I could, if it's cyborg fine. I don't think anyone can touch her. I really don't. I don't think cyborg can. I do understand the cyborg's ten pounds heavier and has a slight romantic history with steroids. So it's a fair it's a fair point. That's like hey one thirty five is the weight. I don't know what to tell you. That's just what it is. Do I think Ronda Rousey could beat up the one thirty five or one forty five pound champions mill? Yes. Uh, she's great. I want to see her keep fighting. I love it. Okay. Uh, Kiyoshi, I'm going to ask you a very important Can, question. May I just make one more interjection about Beth Correa? Absolutely. She didn't make a huge mistake like the previous few fighters. She might have lost in a punch-for-punch punch battle that happens, but at least she didn't walk in and try and get into an immediate grapple-thon with the world's best judo MMA person. So my hat's off to her for at least keeping her cool. I did enjoy that respect. Great. Noted. Thank you. No, it's on the record. On the record. It's on the record, Kev. Feels good. All right. We're going to have our stenographer go back and read us all the notes a little bit later. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this, Kyoshi. What is a bigger opponent to Ronda Rousey? Is it A, Misha Tate, B, Chris Cyborg, or C, acting in her own biopic? <laughs> Well, technically speaking, a bigger opponent is Chris Cyborg simply because she is you know, part man. <laughs> okay. Uh, but here's the thing that Kevin was mentioning. Kevin was being generous when he said that Cyborg is 
walking at 145. I hear reports Cyborg just chills at 170. That's terrifying. <laughs> it is, but according to Tito Ortiz, who has his hands firmly around Cyborg, you know, she, she can make 135 at any time except when she can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you have Tito Ortiz singing your praises, bad side. Doing your PR, <laughs> yeah, officially not, not, not a great side. Mm. Yeah, man, I, it's a rough one, and I love that now because he's not her manager anymore. They refer to Tito Ortiz as former manager and now cyborg consultant, oh, which consultant. is an interesting way of saying, yeah, I don't pay him to do that thing I did before because he's stupid. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, we've, once, we've talked a little bit about that. I want to be listed that. as someone's consultant. Kev, were you asleep during this fight? Were you asleep no. during the Shogun fight? Y- yes. Yes, I was. Okay. Yes. <laughs> what happened there? I guess I just respected the nature of their age. <laughs> and I accidentally fell asleep at 11.15. So no, I made, it, I made it through <laughs> Vieira versus Lopez. Great fight. And then just... Not at off. I did not mean to. I felt fine, and then I didn't. And I woke up right as they announced Betts Correa, and I was like, oh, thank God. I've got 20 more minutes before the fight starts, but just barely made it up in time for the Rousey Correa. It was like it was destiny. What did I miss? Well, it was an interesting fight. Let's put it this way. I don't want to see... Uh, Big Nog, I'm sorry, Little Nog, Little Nog. fight. Uh, well, actually, no. Big Nog was actually, this is where I'm crossing the streams myself. Big Nog, I don't want to see him fight, and we'll get back to him. But Little Nog and Shogun actually had an interesting fight. And you could almost in certain ways say it was closer than it was. I thought Shogun looked pretty okay in it. Uh, Kyoshi, did you see any part of this fight? I did not, unfortunately. I haven't posted any um, Canadian accessible reclips oh. or replays. Jesus, Canadian accessible. Yes, we know about the UFC's ban of making sure you guys don't get fights. Uh, it was an interesting one. Uh, I I thought it was close and it was good. They they fought with a lot of heart. Uh, I wouldn't suggest they're as old as Kevin is saying they are. But uh, one thing that happened that was a little interesting is that the post presser they asked Shogun right after this fight if he would be interested in fighting Quentin Rampage Jackson, who called him out. And he said, yeah, he'll give him that match. So what do you guys think about that? Do you want to see that fight? <sighs> is, is Rampage still under injunction? Can that fight actually happen? <laughs> eh, eh, injunction schmunction. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like he's never been presented and succumbed some legal battles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Storied history. That's where they should fight, in the courtroom, during the injunction. That would be awesome. That would be a good match. Bellator can put that on, actually, because they do all their crazy shenanigans. Yes, all their co-promotions, like their (laughs) Super Ring and Hell in a Cell that they're going to be doing in a couple months. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. I don't know how I feel about this because uh, I guess I'll watch it. And like you were mentioning, there's the court injunction. Hopefully Rampage is able to get it all together. I don't know. I mean, for a little while, I was kind of just nervous with Shogun. It's just I I don't know how many more times I do want to see him fight. Having said that, 
uh, we can now transition to the two ultimate fighters, one of which Kevin watched. So, Kev, tell us what your recollection before you passed out of, of Vieira Lopez. Fighter. Yes. High octane. Damn. Like, both can take a real severe pounding. Um, I agree Vieira won, but damn, that was an exciting fight. From just takedowns to, because, you know, Lopez was pushing the takedown action. Uh, and Vieira's a striker. That was just a really fun fucking fight. I thought there was nothing funnier than the exchange of guillotines that happened oh, throughout that fight. The, and anyone that's ever trained jiu-jitsu is like, yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> like When someone puts you in a fucking guillotine and just stretches your neck, you're like, that's it, motherfucker. I'm coming back at you when I get into your side control. Like, I'm going to guillotine you. Yeah. No, and it was the best. <laughs> Like, one of them would fail, they'd lose it, and one of them would pop their head out, and then the other would proceed to transition into getting the guillotine on the other, and doing, like, a jumping guillotine, so it became this exchange of, I'm out, okay, now I'm gonna guillotine the fuck out of this guy. What's yeah. that? He's out? Shit, my head is stuck for a guillotine, what the fuck Lopez was in it to win it with the guillotine. Yeah. He was yeah. in so it just made me think that one of these days when Kevin comes back out to train this way, Kevin and I will do a reenactment of the, that guillotine exchange, which I think is <laughs> nothing funnier than watching two people look like they almost have it and then lose it. And I think by the time it, later in the fight when you saw a like a one-arm in guillotine, I just go, yeah, it's not happening. Nah. We're done here, guys. <laughs> yeah, we've tried so much on that energy that it was uh, exciting. I will say the second match wasn't as good, Kevin, because the one thing I put out about that one, uh, the first one, was Bronco versus like it, Bruno. Yeah, I felt like the the first of the two. I was saying, what if we're watching their version of Forrest Griffin versus Stefan Bonner? Bronco versus Bruno. That would be funny. Like, so yeah. that was uh, that was my prediction for the uh, the Lopez and Vienna fight, but that was a lot of fun. So I'm glad that at first I was a little pissed because I go, "Oh man, do we have to watch these other fights in the middle of it that are clearly just here to give them more?" Oh, it's a good fight. Oh, okay, fine. Second one, eh, it's an okay fight. Uh, so that happened. Kev, you did get to see, however, Stefan Struve. So uh, yes, I did, and. Kyoshi, I'm curious if you're with me too, and Raph, I really, genuinely both of you. I thought Nogueira looked great. I know he got his ass kicked. I do know that. Stefan Struve obviously won the fight. But I thought he could really take a punch and was impressed with how much he kept it going. Anyway, I mean, he pushed the action the entire fight. He was the aggressor. Uh, obviously, Stefan Struve landed maybe a few more significant strikes. We'll come back to that. Kiyoshi, you have any thoughts there? Well, even if he did look better, I, I don't think his post-fight was better when Dana White went to talk to him. He's like, you're, you're done. You can't string together Portuguese words, much less English words. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I'll speak to that. Kev, here's the thing. It's not the ultimate speaking championship. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good because you'd be bad at it. That's, yeah. hey. I'm glad you really you really extended that metaphor just to make sure people <laughs> who listen here are going, I don't know, Kevin might have a show. Oh, that's right. He'd be really bad at that. Um, here's what happens. 
Kev's right. In the very first round, Big Nog is pushing the action. However, what happens to, I think he's 38, to 38-year-olds after you have a first great round in the UFC typically, Kevin? They might trail off a bit. Might get a little tired. <laughs> they might might, there's a, might slight, a little bit of a clinch. See for them to struggle in, and, the, in the ensuing round. You know, I mean, it's funny because it just looks like a weird mismatch of this tall, ridiculous kid and an old man. And the old man goes, no, against the cage. Stay here. For the love of God, don't move from here because I'm trying to punch you. And you see this tall, lanky kid just kind of get out of the way and go, no, I don't like you. Get away. So that's basically what it became. And the whole time, I would say Stefan Struve was doing a really good job with his leg kicks. And he got in some really good shots on him where you just go, oh, no, no, I don't want this anymore. This can be done forever, right? So good fight to watch. And I really did like how Struve was paying the ultimate uh, respects to a legend. So hopefully now he'll get the Rich Franklin-esque well, he doesn't have it anymore, but he'll get the, uh, you know, Forrest Griffin and Matt Hughes and Chuck Liddell deal. And that's exactly what Dana said behind the scenes. He's like, he's getting the fucking Chuck Liddell thing. <laughs> so great. Good job, Dana. <laughs> he's our Portuguese consultant. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah, perfect. He's going to he's going to make sure no one says what he was thinking in Portuguese during the rules. He's a fucking vice president of Portuguese relations. So fuck you guys. So that's what he's going to do. Uh, okay. Going one more down. Um, I, I don't know. Kev, did you have any more thoughts from the main card? I'm pretty upset. Bigfoot destroyed my, I just, I had a feeling about so on this one, I just right before the fight. And then my feeling did not pan out. So, Otherwise, you know, the girls' fight was great, too. Good I universe. love the girls' fight. They Aguilar, were a great fight. Mean. Yeah. That was wait, great. wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up here, Kevin. You had a feeling about Palele, but you didn't end up picking him. No, no, no. I picked I, Silva. I, I'm just talking about right because... beforehand. No, no, no. Kiyoshi, this is a very different thing that happened. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I, I can switch the victories here, and we can tie it up, and then we can go to the performance of the night uh, tiebreakers. Please don't. Yeah. But something <laughs> wait, you had said about gone. Soa. Yeah, and he talked right beforehand, Actually, and he just seemed really likable. I just I had a little soft spot, but you know. Oh, adorable, Kevin. Kiyoshi, how would that result have gone had you guys tied? Sadly, he still would have won because oh. he got uh, Rousey for performance of the night, and I picked none of that. Who could have predicted? Pick her that was the dumbest part of it. You know, they just want to hand her money. Upsets, dog. I'm all about the upsets. First of all, don't call me dog. What are you, Randy Jackson? That's I thought American you nailed joke. it. You might not get it. Second I thought of all, he definitely nailed it. Sorry. Upsets, Eskimo bro. Upsets. Oh. Don't, Kevin, don't owe as if it's building something. It's not. the league. I was with him. No, you're not. You're just happy that you won for a change. You're right. And that you found somebody who actually was there. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. Just for one second about jiu-jitsu and mma okay it's a tricky thing i've right? heard that it is like, yeah, it can Gents, be like, it's, it's not know, the easiest it's well take off the rash guard who you are yeah <clears throat> but if you are talking about somebody who is good at jiu-jitsu maybe say you know a guy who just passes with ease <laughs> does your jaw just drop a little bit as to how easy and effortless he makes it look Yes. Yeah. 
between him and uh, Jacare, it's just like, what are you guys doing? How did you do that? What sorcery is this? <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if that like that whole basic uh, using the force thing that you see people choking and <laughs> the Steven Seagal form of karate actually has some truth to it because Neil Magny, when he was trying his best to prevent the past, just was like, I can't. I'm, I'm frozen. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> It's and, like there are extra hands holding me. What is this? <laughs> and I was laughing so much, but uh, we ended up putting a meme, and you, we'll put it on the, the link for this one. But it was everything I felt, which was I'm watching there, and I'm watching Damien pass, and I'm just in awe. And I think to myself, that never looks that easy to me. But, man, credit to him. And I would like to see him go on. Kev, my question for you. Do you think could he I could submit Robbie Lawler? Oh, I do believe he could. I don't know if he'll get the opportunity because Robbie Lawler punches a lot better than Neil Magny does. That is very accurate. Same question to you, Kiyoshi. However, do you see a scenario in which you could see him taking down Robbie Lawler? Yes, Damian Maya has to work on his flying triangle and armbar and omoplata attacks, and he will get the fight to the ground in no time. Jesus, spoken like a true jujitsu guy. Jiu-jitsu tarot. <laughs> yep. Love no, the flying. You're, you're still... The flying's the best. You're saying it wrong, but I would say it is quite impressive uh, to watch that go through. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of interesting things that happened on the prelim cards. Kevin, did you have any further notes on any of the prelims there? Um, I did watch the Cummins fight. I was, you know, kind of impressed by just his his general. He imposed his will a lot. But the fight that I was in love with, and I am not alone. Alcantara versus Isa. That fight, did you watch this fight? I did. This fight was, Kiyoshi, did you see this? I did not see it. At times it looked like they were scripting the jiu-jitsu. That's how insanely (laughs) high octane the punching slash grappling was. Every time they got up, Alcantara put on some very first class, first class Muay Thai skills, which was every few minutes because these two were insanely athletic. This was, uh, to me, a fight of the night candidate for sure. I This is one of the best fights I've seen in years. I had a blast watching it. That's great. It was not fight of the night. Fight of the night went to Shogun and Little Nog. And I, I would say it did deserve it. Obviously, they want to give people money like that, so that's yeah, fine. But put but those two fights next to each fun. other and let like 50 you people that have know, never seen MMA watch asleep, it. And they'll yeah, be like, oh my god, Alcantara versus Issa. I, look... I know there is no way in hell Shogun Hua and Logan Nog were moving the way Alcantara and Issa were in that matchup. Like, I'm positive that's true. Kev, they don't give performance of the night for the ones you don't sleep through. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> this is Kevin's performance of the night of the fights I watched, which was like six. Which is two of them. I right. Was, I was three minutes into Dreamsville. Yeah. <laughs> Shogun and no gear went out. Dreamsville. Uh, I also want to give uh, a quick note. Uh, I, I think Kev has this happen to him quite often, but this is the one that was on record where I was laughing a lot, which was I bet against our good friend Drew Dober this week on uh, our first slice betting lines. And it was a fight between Warley Alves and Nordin Talib. And I forgot who I picked. But I saw a guy going for a guillotine. I was like, oh, man, you need to cinch that up. That's awesome. Oh, he got it. Wait, I didn't pick him. Oh, fuck. 
No. Why did I root for him? And then I realized, you know, Drew lost his last fight via guillotine. And the fight right before that was the most controversial decision of all time, which was him working his way out of a guillotine. Not tapping at all. And not tapping. And the ref saying, like, you dunsies, yay, I'm going to give it to my friend. So I sent Drew a photo of me reacting, which was of the guillotine and a really pissed off looking face of me. And I just told him, I suppose it's only karma that you win this one like this. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> so uh, I would like to say I, however, did beat Drew. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> would you guys like to hear the bet that we put? Yes, I, I'm I sure would. Kiyoshi would love to hear it. I would love to hear it. Okay. So the bet that Drew and I made was he is a big Star Wars nerd. I found this out when I was looking up Instagram photos of him. And he had one Star Wars post. One of him doing like, you know, lightsaber work, obviously, but one that really floored me, which was I want a Jedi in the streets and a Sith in the sheets. Yeah. And I just thought this nerd and I let him come up with what it was it was going to be betting on. And he said, what do you think about Star Wars, Raph? And I go, I knew it. This nerd. So the bet ultimately became and this was his idea. Whoever lost has to cut a one-minute promo about why Jar Jar Binks is the best character in all of Star Wars. And I, I'm happy to report that I do not have to do it. Our That's good amazing. friend Drew Dober is going to have to do it. So keep on the lookout for that. I actually yeah. sent him a notice. And uh, I sent him a picture of Jar Jar once he lost. I just said, <laughs> I look forward to your eloquent remarks. And he just sent me back <laughs> a frowny face text <laughs> that was crying. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I was very stoked about that. Um, anyway, well, since we're talking about stakes and what you have to do, what do you have to do here, Kiyoshi, now that you've lost to Kevin? Well, apparently mm-hmm. I have to show my Canadian genes and formulate a public apology via the same way the callout was delivered. Yes, okay. sir. Which would be through SoundCloud, and Correct. that will be up in a day or two. Okay. Never talk. Okay. Do you have any imparting words for people who will be playing the next installment of Over Under Kevin? The way to win is apparently don't go opposite of Kevin on everything because we only had one one fight that we bet the same fighter on, which is uh, Stefan Struve and Big Nog. So uh, First of all, pick the same. What a great call <laughs> that was for both of us. Go on. Yes. <laughs> Although I have to say, I can't believe you expected another Nog to win, so shame on you. Go fuck yourself. Pick the same as Kevin, <laughs> unless you know shit. he's going to be wrong because he's picking based on uh, abs, shorts, or a lack of uh, profile picture awesome, on man. UFC.com. Not going to lie, that was the same criteria Drew was doing, too, at some point. <laughs> So he fit right into our realm. That yeah, but somehow or not, you and you and I, twinsies. Shh, Kevin, save it for the fucking after party. Don't fucking do it in front of the guests. I'm so sorry. Kevin's the worst. You beat him. Uh, I'm so angry. Well, uh, Kiyoshi, thank you for swinging by and being a good sport in this tremendous defeat. 
It's what we're all about, you know? We're gracious in victory or defeat here, and like all jujitsu, you can always learn something, win or lose. <laughs> what did you learn today it's not when... going to be me with a loss. It's like, what did you learn today when your face got skinned up at the open mat? Sweet <laughs> uh, stop trying to block the mats with my face, perhaps. <laughs> Apparently feet That's and good, hands yeah. are much better at that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's yeah, a good lesson yeah, to learn. I'm 50 50. Maybe your face just needs to be tougher. Like, that's always been the yeah. other theory. It's like, ah, if I just burn off a few layers, I won't even notice. Well, Kiyoshi, I do have to say this. I'm very excited that you did this. Uh, you will hold the distinction of being the very first person to call out Kevin. And uh, we, we really did have a blast with you. Now, where can people find you? Uh, again, you can find me Prototype MMA. That's M M E H, as in the Canadian A. Find that on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, prototypemma.blogspot.com for my blog. And you can also find me over at triangleathletics.com. They're my sponsors. I'm blogging for them right now. I'm doing a couple of uh, guest segments on the joys of wrestling, which, Kevin, you should still learn. And I will look you know, at that. things that you should continue doing in. Uh, like as habits inside and outside of the gym. That was awesome. I like MMA. By the way, I would get that T-shirt. It's Canadian for MMA. Underneath has to be on the on the T-shirt. <laughs> has to be MMA. Well, Kiyoshi, thank you so much for swinging by the podcast this evening. Well, thank you both for having me on. And Kevin, we'll get a rematch, and it's not going to go your way next time. I promise you that. Oh, sorry, I already tuned I out. All I can that. hear is victory. Oh, me too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'll so rap. That's all we can hear is victory. That's right. Drew Dober and I have the same taste. We both like Star Wars. Nerds, have fun. <laughs> Raf Esparza, what a podcast. Jared, finally, we got to we got to hone in on some more of the Lovato school of thought. You can you can hear the intensity. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. What? Hey. What? This is what it happens. Now we have the actual party because Kiyoshi's off. Oh shit! Now we can do it. Now that we now finally. We oh, thank God! I thought you were just playing court. Hey, twinsies! No, really twinsies! Twinsies! We did it. That was so great. You were hey, so good in your picks. You you were me, great right? in your picks. Thank you. You were great. I was thank really impressed. I mean, I mean, I, I was I was looking at your picks and I thought mm, I would love to get eight right, but uh, <laughs> I mean, not going to get enough. To I heard in. your number and I was like, oh, he's facing Drew Dober. That's a lot of pressure. And then yeah. eight, like wow, yeah. sixteen between yeah. the two of us. And then Weird. the thing is, you've got Kyoshi challenging you, and you're so much clearly better at jiu-jitsu than he is. Yeah. And then I've got Drew, who I'm clearly better also at jiu-jitsu than. Better so at, like, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just like living on this mountain, man. Yeah, we are on a mountain, a mountain of victory. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yep. You can hear yep. the intensity. Like, Absolutely. It just so, feels good. Congratulations unto you, sir. Congratulations to you, sir. this is this is great i thought we were going negative on the party side i thought you were like putting a can on the hubris i'm so glad we're not you know that i can't do that in front of the guests though i didn't know that but now i do know that it's a smoking rule and i can't promise you it'll be on every (laughs) podcast but i can tell you for this particular instance you weren't lippy to me about my picks you were generally supportive and you, you did ask me when you did ask me though, here, Raph, 
Um, how many picks did you get? We you didn't tell. continue being a dick. You were actually pleasant. I mean, eight. Yeah. You're on a win so, streak. You're on a streak. You're on a real one, I'm not like a me version. You're on a real one. Yep, I am. I am on a fifty percent <laughs> right now, which is very nice to be at. So we'll see. We'll see who I call up next and uh, have do uh, a betting lines with. But Drew. Yeah. I want to say, and I guess we should start with shout-outs, right? Yeah, we're, hey, we're there. We can go right into, hey, it's time for shout-outs. Yeah, let's do that, shout-outs. Let's start with Drew Dober, and I just want to D-dose. say thank you to him for uh, being a good sport and calling in. Man, it was so good to catch up with him because that guy, man, he's such a dick. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think people know that. I was telling him, I was like, yeah, you know, Kevin and I loved having you on the show. He's like, yeah, I had a really good time. You guys are great. And I go, but if only people knew what it dick you were they really stopped and because he was hurling insults at me here and there and i go oh i see how it is you take you off the confines of a little podcast here mm, i see how it goes <laughs> the whole time he's shit talking to me he's just like i don't know raf <laughs> we'll see man i might get you and i'm like Whoa, fuck you drew dober fuck you <laughs> Shit talking son of a bitch. Athleticism. So I did say this to him. I was like, Drew, let me point out one thing to you. You might have lost, but you know that you can beat me in rolling. And he was like, we need to make that happen. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. Come beat the shit out of me. You'll be fine. So <laughs> everybody wins. So I want to thank him. I also want to thank the good people over at Valley Martial Arts Center. Be good stuff going on over there uh always great training i just want to give a quick thing of saying octavio where are you where are you octavio you don't show up it's a shame man people's run scared these days we're calling into that william shatner show just trying to find you it's so weird call you into that william shatner show which one's that kevin i don't know reaches we'll find him too (laughs) wow who wants to be a millionaire and find octavio you're not even you're not even making right references at this point. <laughs> Who's Octavio? Is it anyway? Coming to NBC. It's just well, a search show about Octavio. I think the one with Shatter was Rescue 911, but I might be wrong. Anyway. <sighs> All right. Uh, and I also want to thank the good people over at Breakdown Academy. I had a great day of training over with uh, our good friend John Evans. And I also did a little bit of yoga. Uh, there's an instruction of yoga going down. The teacher's name is Claire. She is awesome. Uh, her favorite note to me was, oh, my God, you got so much better. And I was like, well, when you're terrible, you know, everything kind of goes up there. Comes fast. So thank you. Uh, but she teaches a really good yoga class. I believe it goes on 2.30 on Saturdays. Uh, you guys definitely want to check that out. And if you, more than anything, just want to see me suffer for about an hour's worth of time, please come by and watch me do that because it is fun time. So you can inquire more about that uh, over at bjjbreakdown.com or you can send a note over to BJJ Breakdown on Facebook and uh, follow up with their good friend John over there. So that's good stuff. And I believe, Kevin, that will do it for me on Shoutouts this week. Well, that was well done. Can't wait to hear more about you and yoga. <laughs> this yeah, should be, this yeah, should be fantastic. Sure. Chase Yoga. Hey, there's a ton of stuff I should update just formally. It should all be said. I do need knee surgery. I also am moving to Denver, Colorado. Those happened on sequential Fridays. 
a lot going on there. A little torn meniscus, Raph. Nothing big. Knee bars will be fine because that's not what caused the injury. Uh, an overgrown plica. <laughs> you keep saying that, and I I keep thinking in my head, I'm gonna get to that point. Yeah, and I'm gonna see because that's the thing. I may have no other submissions available to me when we're rolling, but I might see a knee bar, and I might go, "Oh no, Kevin, he had to have surgery on this. Do I knee bar this?" No. Yeah. It's a, it's a conundrum. It's going to be tough. We're going to get through it together, uh, and all of it will keep you updated. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, getting some major training in with our friends over at BJJ Finder, Andrew Cray, he was doing a submission series the other night, Raph. Badass. That's awesome. Yeah. He's doing some attacks from the uh, – oh, should I tell you? You know, I'll tell you a few. I'll just tell you a few. <laughs> doing some attacks okay. from uh, – You've got those uh, legs over that just basically where you would arm bar attacks, just teaching us some variations, some things to really keep people surprised, tricked, and in pain with, which is nice. Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm. Some really tricky stuff. A lot mm. of people have never, I'm just throwing it out there. Mm, that's fine. Uh, my sister, nine months, three days pregnant today, Raph. Uh, her boss had to tell oh. her to stop coming to work. He was officially like, hey, let's, <laughs> let's call it. <laughs> and she's like, what, what are you talking about? I can do it another day. It's like, April, you're so pregnant. Uh, very proud of her because, wow, still trucking, still rocking out. So, um, you know, childbirth looks tough, much like uh, UFC fighting. Just, mm-hmm. Well, not quite similar. It looks a little different tough. Hey, still proud. Can't wait to see more of the fam headed back out there towards the Midwest Territory. And that's going to do it for me and us here tonight at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good night. Thank you.